I have to give you a kiss before we start. <laughs> Thank Bless. you. Testing. Okay, I'm on. Well, good, eve- good evening. As they're passing the bags, um, I just want to pray for a second. I thank you, Father. I thank you that I can stand here today. And say, I am yours. I yield to you right now, Holy Spirit. I pray that the words from my lips and the meditations from my heart be pleasing only to you, Lord. And Father, I ask just for a release of your ministering spirits to join us in this room tonight. And I thank you for preparing during the time of worship our hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. We love because he first loved us. His love is unchanging. His love is everlasting. And he says, I will not leave you orphans. Tonight, I'll be sharing with you my testimony. Um, I'm going to put these like this because if I look over them, I can see you. And if I leave them like this, I can't. So, About five years ago, I went through uh, a major, major trial in my walk. Um, five years ago, I had only been saved at that point probably two years or no, three years. So I was in pain, I was hurt, I was confused, I was angry, I was disappointed, crushed, broken. And at the time, I didn't understand what was happening. I saw this wonderful walk with the Lord that, uh, and all these amazing people that he brought into my life, whom I loved and I trusted, and it came to a complete halt. At least in my mind, that's what it felt like. I couldn't, uh, I knew I had made mistakes and I wasn't perfect, but nothing that would warrant that feeling of being completely cut off, put out of 
out of the circle of trust, so to speak. Um, so as you can imagine, this reopened wounds in my heart that I didn't even know were there. Issues like trusting people, insecurity, rejection, betrayal, identity, feeling like an outcast, an orphan. At this point, before I go any further, I just want to define you, define to you what an orphan spirit believes. See, an orphan spirit says, I don't belong to, I don't belong anywhere. No one loves me. I'm not good at anything. The best way to handle myself is just to avoid everyone and keep to myself. I'm not worthy to receive love from God of all people. Um, if you if you knew the real me, you'd reject me. I'm alone in this world. These are all the things that go through an orphan spirit's mind. I'm alone. I'm by myself. I must, in order for someone to love me, I must do stuff. I must perform. I must uh, gain their whatever. Um, and then I am what I am, and I can't change. This is the way God made me. These are things that an orphan spirit believes. And this, unbeknownst to me, was a lot of my thinking. But see, God had a plan. He tells us in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and always acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. See, God knows us better than we know ourselves. And he knew from the beginning of my walk that my foundation was being built not only on him, but also on the relationships I had with people. It's an innocent mistake, but a mistake, a mistake nonetheless. And he needed to shake me up. And he did. You see, in Hebrews 12, 6, it says, The Lord disciplines those he loves. And he punishes everyone he accepts as a son or daughter. But I was walking in an orphan spirit. And I didn't see it that way. I saw it as rejection. I was really disillusioned because I had this impression or just this belief that godly people would be like Jesus. Always doing the right thing. But what I didn't realize at the time was that hurting people hurt people. And I was one of those. In my head, I wanted to run, never come back. But my heart, my heart said, stay. The, Lord's, the Lord says to draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. So one night, sitting on the beach, we were at Lake Michigan, I wandered away from a campfire. I don't even know if you know this. I wandered away from the campfire to be alone with God. And one of my favorite things to do when I feel the, the one of the, my favorite things to do, because it makes me feel closest to God, is look up at the stars. And I always think I'm looking at the same stars that Jesus looked at. So with tears running down my face, I heard him say so clearly, People will disappoint you. And he repeated it 
people will disappoint you. And then he said, I will never disappoint you. Psalm 22.5 says, They cried to you and were saved, and in you they trusted and were not disappointed. And then he asked me, Is your foundation built on people? Or is your foundation built on me? And I knew right then things were about to change. My foundation had been unintentionally built upon relationships with people instead of only on him. Luke 6, 47 and 48 says, Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood occurred, the torrent burst against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. I was about to be rebuilt. See, the God who loves me more than I can ever imagine was watching over me. And he was jealous for my love. Exodus thirty four fourteen says, You shall not worship any other God, little g, whether it be people, things, money, whatever. For the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Deuteronomy 6, 5 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your strength. See, I had allowed doing things and people, all in the name of Jesus, all with good intentions, to be first place in my heart instead of him. And you see, when you're walking in an orphan spirit, you also think that you have to earn love, whether it be from people or God. Romans 2, 1 through 4 says... You may think you can condemn such people, but you are just as bad and you have no excuse. When you say they are wicked and should be punished, you are condemning yourself. For you who judge others do these very same things. And we know that God in his justice will punish anyone who does such things. Since you judge others for doing these things, why do you think you, you can avoid judgment? When you do the same things, don't you see how wonderfully kind and tolerant and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? I didn't realize I was doing this, but God did. And through his loving kindness, he revealed my error. And he led me to repentance through his kindness. He didn't hit me upside the head with a two-by-four. He wasn't mean, but it was through his kindness. So that repentance then led me to forgiveness. Forgiving everyone that he brought into my mind and releasing them from the judgment that I had against them, including myself. Part of the forgiveness process was forgiving myself 
and releasing myself. That forgiveness then led me to a desperation, a desperation to know him, to have a relationship with him, and to trust him, and to love him with all my heart and all my soul and all my strength. And little did I know, repentance and forgiveness, which made room in my heart for him, positioned me to receive the greatest revelation of him to this point. A few months later, while I was at a conference, we were at a conference, I um, experienced the living God in a way that changed my life forever. I'd made a decision that when we got to this conference, I was not coming home the same. I knew that there were places in my heart I had to open up to him and allow him in. Places that had been shut down and closed off from pains and hurts from my past. And at this point, I was so desperate, I was willing to go through anything. The other thing I did was I decided to believe he is who he says he is and to trust he will do what he says he will do. And can I say that no matter how scary at the time that seemed to be, not knowing what was going to happen, it was a really good place to be. I didn't care at this point what happened. I just wanted to know he was real. And that was one of my prayers was, oh, God, I got to know, are you real? So at this conference, we were introduced to something called soaking. Soaking in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Soaking is resting and waiting patiently for the Holy Spirit to minister to you me in this case, and putting aside your list of needs and your list of wants and inviting him to come in and do what he knows best. Letting him have complete access and freedom to do whatever needs to be done in your heart. Some think soaking's a waste of time. But you see, my life was completely changed, completely changed during the time of soaking. Psalm 27, 13 and 14 says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And Psalm 37, 7 says, rest in the Lord. And wait patiently for him. Someone prayed for me. And as I laid on the floor, I waited. I waited, determined not to get up. I waited. And then, it's where you pray. God came to me that day. God came to me that day. The real living God came to me that day. In waves, his love came to me and washed me over and over and over again. 
in what felt like an instant, everything up to that point in my life that I felt defined me, being broken, feeling ugly, and fat, and shattered, and dirty, and all the stupid things that I had done, and said, and things people had said to me that hurt and wounded me, I felt him dis- I felt all of that disappear in an instant when I heard him say, I love you. I want you. I choose you. You are my beloved daughter. You see, it was his love that made me clean. I understood what the blood of Jesus meant at that point. And for the first time in my life, I was experiencing pure love. I belonged to him, and I just knew, not here, I knew from the top of my head to the tips of my toes, I just knew that he loved me more than I could ever, ever express to you. As I laid there, I couldn't move, and honestly, I didn't want to. Um, I was in such a place of overwhelming love and peace that I didn't ever want to leave. His presence that day overshadowed me for four hours. And that was just the beginning. Because in four days at that conference, God did something different inside of my heart each day. He allowed me to see myself through his eyes. And even now, I can't speak of what I saw without totally being undone. So I'll keep that one. But I can tell you, it's beyond words. His love came so powerfully that it transformed me from an orphan spirit to the daughter of the king. He placed my my identity upon me as his daughter, and he sealed it upon my heart, just like he did to Jesus when he parted the sky. He healed my heart from many wounds from my past, just like the woman at the well. He brought me joy in the person of the Holy Spirit, who's always my friend. And he continues to this day to restore me. The revelation of his love continues to heal my heart But now I know who I am. I belong to him. I am his beloved daughter, whom he loves with an everlasting, unchanging love. I was chosen by the king to be his forever, 
from the beginning, from the beginning of time. I know that he created me as an expression of his love here on earth. And I know as a daughter of the king, it's my mission to communicate and express his love to each one of you and to people outside these walls and to people who are still walking around as orphans. I believe repentance, forgiveness, surrender, submission, humility, and desperation all led me to this revelation of the Father's love. But choosing to believe and trust in him unlocked the door. He longs for you to do the same. You see, Second Chronicles sixteen nineteen says, For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that he may strongly support those who are completely his. He said, I will not leave you orphans. This is his promise to us. Now I want to go back and read to you that scripture from Ephesians 3 through 8 again. All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because you are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved you. He chose you to be in Christ, to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt you into his own family by bringing you to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us, on you, who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased your freedom with the blood of his son and forgave your sins. He has showered his kindness on you along with all wisdom and understanding. You love because he first loved you. His love is unchanging. His love is everlasting. And his promises that he will not leave you an orphan. So we have one minute. <laughs> There's a song that Daniel, if you want to cue it up, it's the first one on the iPod. 
um, since we don't have a lot of time, but this song really captures what happened to me that day. But the cool thing is, in my discovering and God's love, I also discovered who I am. God's just really cool that way. But it's not just for me. It's not just for me. It's for each one of you here. And I'm so glad that Pat spoke a few weeks ago on forgiveness. I'm so glad tonight he said that prayer that he said about repentance. Because you see, it's no accident. It's no accident that I'm speaking on this tonight. It's a blessing, you guys. I just had to want him. I just had to choose to believe and trust in the door. It wasn't even a door, you guys. It was a floodgate that opened up to me. And so listen to the song. Um, and guys, put your, make it masculine. But it is, it's for each and every one of you. Um, and I pray. I'm just, let me just pray over you. And then Daniel, don't be in a hurry to leave. I know it's 7 o'clock, but I want to pray over you. I want you to let the song penetrate your heart, bypass your mind. Because I really feel like God, in fact, I know. I know because I was not one bit nervous. I knew that I was sent here for a purpose. And the purpose is each one of you. God wants to express his love to you in a way that will change your life, transform your life as it did mine. He wants to become real to you tonight. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you for everything. I thank you for your love that you give so freely. I thank you that you want your children free. Free from the darkness of this world. The things that bind us up. Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name. You saw me angry. 
You saw me jealous. You saw me prideful. You saw me selfish. You saw me wander. You saw me lustful. You saw me striving, worshiping idols. You said I want her. I love her. She's the one for me. I choose her. I know her. My blood has made her clean. She is my true love. Bring her to me. Find